This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm superstar Frank Morano. I think we all know who Marley Matlin is. Uh, I would say, and I don't think I'm going out on a limb here by saying this, Marlene Matlin is probably the most famous deaf actress in America. Maybe of all time, but certainly the most famous living deaf actress. She's won multiple, she's been nominated for multiple Academy Awards. She has won a couple. She's really, she was the first deaf actress ever to win an Academy Award for a great film called Children of a Lesser God. Just in the last year or two, she was terrific in a wonderful picture called Coda, which I thought was just wonderful. And that's why it was a wonderful picture. And she also played, if memory serves, the deaf ball girl on Seinfeld, who was an interpreter and was in a very, very funny episode of Seinfeld. She's an incredibly recognizable spokesperson for deaf people. And, oh, and she was great in a whole story arc on West Wing as a hotshot political consultant. She's a wonderful actress. And when I say she's a wonderful actress, she's not a wonderful deaf actress. She's a wonderful actress who also happens to be deaf. Well, she is not at all happy about what went on at the Super Bowl, and it has nothing to do with the 49ers coming up short. Well, here's what happened. And I have to tell you, had I not seen news coverage of this, I would have known nothing about it. And this is just me not being attuned to these kind of things, which is why I'm bringing it to your attention, because if you're fortunate enough to have your hearing, maybe you didn't notice this either. The pregame show at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas featured performances from Andra Day, Post Malone, and Reba McIntyre. For each of those performances, there was a sign language interpreter. Daniel Durant performed the national anthem in ASL. That's the, you know, sign language. Reba McIntyre, with Reba McIntyre. While... Angel Panero signed Post Malone's America the Beautiful, and Shaheem Sanchez worked with Andra Day for her rendition of Lift Every Voice and Sing and performed the ASL halftime show. Now, I think it's great that there were, uh, you know, deaf, there were sign language interpreters there. Wonderful. And it was a wonderful thing that these performers were able to be part of the event. However, according to Marley Matlin, CBS did not show the deaf performers once on television. This is what she posted on Twitter. I am absolutely shocked CBS uh, for induce, introducing the deaf performers at today's pregame Super Bowl and then not showing even one second or more of their performance, as has been the tradition for the last 30 years. Representatives for CBS did not immediately respond to requests for comment as of yesterday. And on social media, once she posted this, 
It lit up a firestorm. One person responds, wholeheartedly agree. CBS, you have the technology, use it to uphold your company values as an inclusive organization, or is that just on paper? Because how hard is it to present the ASL interpreters on screen? Another person writes, I think it was absolutely ridiculous to introduce and not show the performers. Yeah, so I think that is strange. They introduce these sign language interpreters, these sign language performers. They have, I think, their picture up there and their name, and then they don't show them once during the performer. Now, usually, and I've seen this for debates and things of that nature, they'll have, they'll do like a picture-in-picture kind of thing where they'll have the ASL performer in the side of the, you know, in the corner of the screen signing while the main performance is going on. That's not what took place here. Now, I've heard from some people who have hearing that at times they find the sign language interpreter a little distracting. And I'm not talking about distracting for the Larry David Curb Your Enthusiasm reasons. Uh, They find it distracting because, you know, it, it takes away something from the performance. But I don't see what and I don't feel that way, but I've heard others say that I don't see why they couldn't provide a quick glimpse of the sign language performer. Even if you didn't want to have them in the picture-in-picture the whole time for all three of those songs, what would the harm be of having them up there just a little bit? Now, I try to play devil's advocate and see all sides of this, and I'm thinking, well, maybe they think everybody that's watching the game that is hearing impaired has closed captioning on. And maybe that's kind of the rationale that CBS is using. Oh, what do they need the sign language for when they've got closed captioning on there and it puts a, 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 you know, a printout of the words almost in real time? The problem with that, though, is it's really not in real time. It's a little delayed, that closed captioning. So I kind of get where Marlene Matlin is coming from. One user writes, we all could learn so much by seeing them, and we know they could easily do a split screen to show them both at the same time. It's, again, not something I thought about at all until I read all the news coverage of this yesterday, but I totally get why she's upset about this. And Marlene Matlin, in addition to being the first deaf actor to win an Academy Award, she's been an advocate for the deaf community throughout her whole career, and she's done this, you know, her whole career called out companies for their lack of accessibility to the deaf. And look, I think she's got a legitimate beef here. Curious what you think. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222 if you care to comment. There is a representative by the name of Morelli who called out Congressman Joe Morelli who called out CBS for the same thing. He represents upstate New York, western New York to be precise, Rochester area, and this is what Congressman Morelli had to say. This is the part that I find most ironic, is they went out of their way to make sure that everyone knew they had an American Sign Language interpreter. Um, They introduced Daniel on the screen, and then it seemed to me after they got credit themselves for how inclusive they are, then they, they made this terrible mistake Uh, which I hope was simply a mistake. Perhaps we have maybe greater sensitivity because of NTID. I hope so. This ought to be a a wake-up call to them that they have to do better. And hopefully the other networks will 
will observe this as well and make every effort that they can to be as inclusive as possible. I kind of get it. I not kind of get it. I, I get it exactly. I I want to. Fi- I can't imagine this was intentional. As he said, they went out of their way to announce these people. Why would they then just not show them? It's just maybe there was a, a there's a logistical aspect of this that I'm not aware of. I don't know. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. If you don't get the um, curb your enthusiasm reference, a couple of years ago. When they were doing the play Fatwa, which I think is one of the funniest seasons, there was a very funny episode, which you should go back and watch if you have uh, Max. There was a very funny episode where the sign language interpreter has a very large breasts and she shows a lot of cleavage. And people said they found it distracting because everybody was focused on her bosom instead of on the show. And then... They get this person as a sign language interpreter for the wedding, and it is similarly distracting to a lot of the men that are watching the wedding ceremony. It's a very funny episode, but um, 800-848-9222 if you care to comment. By the way, I've seen now the first two episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Love them both. I think they are both very funny, and they're, it, it's a little different you know, than what they've done previously. They're in another place, another state, another city, and it's, you know, it's a little bit different, but it's not too different. You still have a lot of the key cast, and if you haven't seen the first two episodes, I won't spoil anything. There's a couple of little nuggets if you're, you know, they they took a shot at my friend um, Rudy Giuliani, which, you know, honestly, Rudy Giuliani's got a pretty good sense of humor, so I, I don't even think he'd mind, but if you're somebody that is... Easily offended by people taking shots at politicians that you like and that's going to bother you. You've been warned. I still think it's fine, even if you like Rudy, which I do, to laugh at an episode that might poke fun at him. It's taking place in Atlanta, which I think is interesting. And I'd never been to Atlanta until last year. That was one of the 53 places that I visited in 2023. And I um, I thought that it was a – you know, I'm glad that I went there because I feel like having been there and spent a couple of days there gives me a, a better appreciation for the landscapes that they're exploring and some of the culture that they're exploring than had I not been to Atlanta. So I'm glad that I uh, went there. It's in- enhancing my enjoyment of the season even more. I'm not going to say anything that's happened so far, but it's clear – that they're setting uh, – this is the final season of Kirby Enthusiasm. It's clear that they're setting themselves up for a redo of the last episode of Seinfeld. I like the last episode of Seinfeld. I was one of the few people at the time that said they loved it. In years past – I mean, excuse me, in the last few years, I've heard all these people say some version of, oh, I didn't like the last episode when it aired, but now when I go back and watch it, I like it. I am very consistent. I loved it at the time, and I still think it's great. But it's clear they're looking at some sort of a redo of that last episode. 800-848-9222. Mordecai is in New Jersey. Hi, Mordecai. Hey, Frank. Um, I just wanted to comment, take back off of what you were saying before with the closed captioning. Um, I'm sure that you'd agree with me when I, when I say this, but, like, you ever been inside a diner or a restaurant and, you, you know, they have the TVs on, but the, the volume's not on. Yes, yeah, all the, the time. Sure, on. sure. But the closed captioning for, like, the news or a movie or whatever is, like, five or six lines behind 
And especially when you know what's going on in the movie or whatever, or you can read their lips or whatever, and you see, like, they're stuck on, like, three or four sentences right. ago. It's like, it's ridiculous. Well, uh, uh, so Mordecai, to your point, to your point, right now there are four television screens on at the radio station here. All of them have closed captioning, and you're right. Every single one of them is noticeably behind what all the people on TV are saying. There you go. I mean, seriously, it's like, especially with the news or the sports cats, like it's always, uh, you know, especially like you, you watch the television, you're just like, you're not even focused on the game, but you're just like, why is it so far behind? You know, that's that's what you're thinking about. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think uh, Marley Matlin has a legitimate beef here. What do you think? I uh, look, I you know what, whenever whenever I um, whenever I see the. Uh, the uh, people doing the sign language on a, either picture in picture or whatever. I think it's very, um, you know, it's very, uh, it's good that they, it's good that they include everybody and they think of everybody. Um, I do think she has a valid point. I mean, why have the people there? Right, exactly. And it, make such a know. big deal that they're there. Right. Exactly. I mean, how many, I mean, look, I, I, I realize I've seen, I've been to games where there have been, um, where there have been uh, people there that have been deaf and I've, and I've seen it, but you know, st- realistically, how many people are at that game that are either hearing impaired or deaf, you know, more or less you have this, you have this um, feature, these people that you're paying to do it, at least have the, at least have one of the camera guys, you know, show a little bit of a clip, you know, five, if, 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 I'm sure if they had like a total screen time of like 30 seconds, that this um, this woman would not have had such a beef with it, but um, they couldn't even do that. So you know. yeah, that's what I don't understand. I mean, uh, why not give them the thirty seconds? I mean, it's an opportunity for them exactly. to pat themselves on the back and say, "Look, oh, look how inclusive we are." Even if it's just to throw them a bone, I just I don't understand it. Mordecai, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Tony. <laughs> Remember back in the days um, when they would have um, interpreters, like for church services or for uh, debates, you would have them on the, on, on the bottom, on the right, left-hand right. side. That's what they should have done. Yeah, wh- why didn't they do that? That's what I don't understand. Yeah, because I remember them um, in- introducing them and then seeing them for a brief moment, but then after that, they were focused on the singers. So, like, for future reference, have it on the, on, on the bottom, on the left-hand yeah, side or the right-hand side. that's what I'm saying, a little picture-in-picture yeah. kind of deal. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, what's the, the PPP, harm? yeah. What's the harm? Yeah. I, I don't get it at all. All right, if someone understands, maybe you could explain it to me. 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. Rick is in Mount Vernon. Hi, Rick. Yes, good morning, Frank. I'm just wondering if Miss Marlin's uh, complaint fell on deaf ears. Oh, Rick. Oh, Rick. Oh, Rick. I uh, I don't know what to do with that one. We're not even giving you a rim shot for that one because that's just, uh, uh, you know, I'm the guy that likes to laugh at everything. Even I can't laugh at that one. 800-848-9222. Charlie is in Hell's Kitchen. Hi, Charlie. Hi, Frank. Uh, I, I agree with you, but I think it was just an oversight. I think it was a mistake. I don't think just CBS was doing it to be intentional. Yeah, I'm a, well, I'm assuming it was. I mean, I don't see why they would go out of their way to be intentionally insulting. But, but just, Charlie, what I don't understand is what kind of mistake that is, where, you know, it's almost like uh, I'm introducing our news anchor, Noam Layden. Oh, and here we got Noam Layden to give the news, and then you don't hear him give the news. I mean, that's what they did. They announced the sign language interpreters showed their picture on there, read their name, and then they didn't show them interpreting any of the songs. I mean, what's the point? Well, what else I was curious about, about the halftime show or about the thing, 
is that, and I was wondering if you, what you thought about this, is Megan Kelly, uh, formerly of Fox News, she criticized them uh, for having two national anthems, Lift Every Voice and Sing, more commonly known as the African-American or the Black National Anthem. You know, she said she thought that was stupid, which I do, too. I mean, we have one national anthem. We have one country. Everybody should, you know, be behind the national anthem, the Star Spangled Banner. Uh, it, it's for everybody. It's not just for one race or one group of people, which she pointed out. And then wait for it. Guess what happened? Predictably, you'll never guess in a million years what happened. But she was criticized. She was called a racist for saying that. And I, I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's right. That person's character and reputation for uh, should be besmirched uh, or criticized or dishonored simply because she said something which I well, feel well, many people. Yeah, yeah I mean, look, I, I that that's what we do nowadays, right? If um if you don't like what someone's saying, it's not good enough for you to just say I disagree and here's why. We then have to say you're a racist or you're Hitler or you're an anti-Semite. Now, I think reasonable people can have disagreements on all sorts of issues. It doesn't make somebody racially insensitive or anti-Semitic or anything like that. Unfortunately, that's the go-to. And it's unfortunately why I think those words, Nazi, uh, anti-Semitic, racist, they have very – they've come very close to almost losing all meaning because now we hear those words and those terms used all the time when it's not conduct that is uh, racist or anti-Semitic or anything uh, like, like that. And I find it really objectionable. Now, as far as what she said, I did see that and I didn't pull the audio because I didn't think we were going to talk about it, but – I um I disagree with her. I mean, I actually agree with George Santos when I asked him about this on uh, on Monday. I don't think there's anything wrong with the song Lift Every Voice and Sing. If you look, first of all, they don't bill it when they uh, have the singer come out. They don't say, oh, well, before we get to the real national anthem, here's the black national anthem. They don't say that. They say, here to perform Lift Every Voice and Sing is whoever was performing it. If you listen to the lyrics, if you read the lyrics, they're beautiful. It's all about freedom. It's all about liberty. It's all about, you know, it's all about faith. It's a wonderful, wonderful song. First of all, it's a, it's a great sounding song, but it also has a great message. If anything, I would have thought the people that would have been so upset about it were the secularists that would bristle at any mention of heaven or faith. It's a beautiful song that really that a lot of people view as empowering. So I don't think and really, if you look at the lyrics, there's nothing racial about it. There's nothing referring to race in the song at all. If somebody wants to take some solace out of that song and get something out of it, why not? But there's nothing offensive in the song at all. There's nothing anti-American. There's nothing anti-national anthem. They don't call it the black national anthem. They say, here's lift every voice and sing. If you want to call it that, that's fine. They're not billing it as a competing national anthem. If you were going to do a thing where you're going to say, all right, we're not playing the national anthem anymore. We're not singing the national anthem anymore. Instead, we're just going to sing, lift every voice and sing. Yeah, okay, I've got a problem with that. But th- nobody's doing that. I have no problem with the addition of this. But 
I also think it's great that Megyn Kelly expressed her view, and I don't think it makes her racist in the least. 800-848-9222. JR is in Brooklyn. Hi, JR. Hey, good morning, Frank. How morning. are you? Great. Um, so this is a, this is or, this may not be a, this may seem a little wacky, but remember the sign language interpreter for Mayor de Blasio? Uh, v- vaguely, vaguely, yeah. All right, vaguely, but mo- a lot of people do. He was like a wild-haired guy with glasses. Oh, actually, yes, very, yes, yes, I do remember yeah, see, him, yes. So the so this I think that the people from this who are performing sign language oftentimes are more entertaining than the person who is actually speaking. <laughs> and the people who are entertained, the entertainers are like, I'm not going to be one-upped by anyone. Oh, so you and think, think maybe... That that's partially the reason. You think maybe the singers didn't want to share the stage with not, the... No, not so much that. I think that the uh, network and the NFL wants these celebrities on the television to have as much screen time as possible. Interesting. I don't think it's post. I don't think it's post Malone saying, Hey, I don't want a sign language interpreter here. Cause a lot of musicians have sign language interpreters on stage with them. The grateful dead has one. And it's really fun to watch because you can see her like performing and dancing at the same time. So I think it's a network is taking away. Doesn't want to take away from the star time. So unlike what the previous caller said, you don't think this was simply an oversight. You think this was a strategic decision. I, I think there's room to, to argue that it's a strategic decision. Okay. Well, I think it's more strategic than you think. You know, you know part, I, mean, I think the, they're the, really behind that. The, the aspect of this that makes me think that maybe you're right is that CBS didn't Im- immediately issue a statement saying, oh, we apologize, this was an oversight, and it'll never happen again. If that, if it was just a mistake, I think that would have been the, the statement that they would have put out there. But maybe you're right. Maybe this was... But here, here you, you, you run a professional entertainment show on the radio every morning. Sure, there's room for error here or there. This is the Super Bowl, and it's CBS. They don't make visual AV mistakes. A rarity. Well, I mean, first of all, uh, you remember a few years ago, the the lights all went out. I mean, not that that was the form of fault of the TV uh, people, but Correct. they did lose power for uh, 20, 30 minutes. That was a pretty big faux pas. Right. It was, but it wasn't a network faux pas. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay, JR. Well, uh, well said. 800-848-9222. In a moment, I will tell you why, unlike Every other day that I'm here where I am loving every minute of doing this show and I would do it for hours and hours and hours, I am going to tell you why I cannot wait to get out of here and go home. We're also going to go through your mail correspondence. You can email me at frank.morano at uh, redappleaudionetworks.com. That's frank.morano at redappleaudionetworks.com. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
on your happy price, price line. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10 year, 100,000 mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. The great Sam Cooke. It's not his birthday as far as we know, but this is a Valentine's Day bumper music selection from Ben, at the board op and producer at KMOX, one of the great radio stations in the history of America, literally, and a station that we are very, very proud to be heard on every day and uh, a historic station which is an anchor in the midwest honored to be on and i appreciate that ben actually listens to the show a lot of you know a lot of uh, you know board ops they'll have the show on in the background everything's kind of automated and they kind of mentally check out at least ben is participating see they get me at KMOX. Steve Moore, not the economist, but the uh, general manager at, Steve, at uh, KMOX, he, he gets this show. He was really an early advocate of getting this show carried every day. He said, I like that it's not all politics. You know, you get so much politics during the day. So my thanks to uh, Ben and Steve Moore and everybody over at uh, KMOX, a wonderful, wonderful radio station. All right. Let me briefly explain to you what is going on in my house. There are two cats that are in a state of cold war. My office is East Berlin. My wife and I, our bedroom is West Berlin. The rest of the house is checkpoint Charlie. So we have two cats currently residing with us. We're working on finding a home for one of them. We have two cats that cannot stand one another. If they're ever at liberty, Ed, the new cat, will go after Prissy, the skittish cat who we've had for, you know, the entire time we've been in our house. He'll go in and find her and then he'll chase after her. It's a bad scene. So now what we do is we keep one basically locked up at all times. 
if when it's Ed's turn to have the run of the house, Prissy is in our bedroom and we close the door. When it's um, Prissy's turn to have the run of the house, which is at night right now, for instance, we keep Ed in my office and we close the door. Okay, Prissy is not at all reacting well to Ed being around. And who could blame her? This has been her house for a while. She lost two of her uh, adopted siblings recently, and now she's forced to share a house with this cat that she can't stand. So she's been urinating all over the place. She's been urinating on rugs. She urinated, I think, on Carmine's sleep sack. Uh, She urinated on a, a blanket of some sort. Okay, that's where we are. And honestly... And if you're a cat person, maybe you won't agree with this. I think there are honestly few stenches that are more offensive and more rancid than cat urine. It's an absolutely revolting stench. So, um, again, my my opinion, you don't have to agree. So, I... uh, I'm going to let you in on a a little secret here. I am someone, because we don't have an F. Murray Abraham here. What does that mean? Uh, We don't have somebody that's an outfit tracker. You remember the uh, episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm we played the the clip of recently where, you know, uh, F. Murray Abraham is in the show and he's got a a big issue with with the fact that Larry wears the same pants, you know, multiple days in a row. Well, there's nobody there's nobody like that here. As far as I know, that nobody's confronted me with this because I often wear the same pants two days in a row. Often. I mean, it's it's typical. For instance, this is the it's curb your enthusiasm scene I'm talking about. Yeah, same pants as yesterday. Are you checking my outfits? No, no, just Observing, that's all. You know, I was late, and they had the belt in them from yesterday, so I picked them up because I was in a hurry. They're not dirty or anything. Then by all means, wear them again. You're an outfit tracker, Murray. Nobody likes an outfit tracker. I don't know why a casual observation has made you so uncomfortable. I I just feel like I'm living in some kind of clothing police state, like it's 1984. Big Murray's watching me. Big Murray's not watching No, Big Murray is watching. Big Murray has other things to do. Apparently, Big Murray has nothing else to do but outfit track. Not judging you. I'm just noticing that you wore the same pants. Okay, Big Murray. So I frequently wear the same pants. Nobody's ever said anything to me about it. I don't think anyone cares that I'm wearing the same pants. Frequently I do this. So, and, you know, I keep them clean. I keep them folded. Sometimes I keep them right on the floor, right next to my bed. Fine. Great. Well, today I did something that I don't generally do. Uh, I didn't get a chance to um, work out yesterday. So normally my routine is I'll, I'll, I'll work out and then take a shower and then put on, you know, a new shirt and everything else. So yesterday I didn't get to work out. So I showered, getting ready to leave. And I said, you know, the sweater that I wore yesterday, still clean. I wore it for all of five or six hours yesterday. That's it. Just five or six hours. It's such a waste for me not to get one more wearing out of it. Let me try to wear this sweater one more time. So, clean clean undergarments, clean undergarments. I was going to do the unprecedented of 
wearing the same pants and the same sweater two consecutive days. Let me see if anybody says anything. Matt Blaze is not in today. He's busy getting his colonoscopy. He's not going to say anything. Tony's too polite to say anything. Elias, hopefully, is too busy to say anything. The Greek guy that's filling in for Elias' normal role, he's in another room, so who's he going to say anything? Plus, he wasn't here the day before anyway. How's he going to know? Nobody knows. So, that's my plan. Throw on the sweater. Throw on the pants. Uh, watched a few minutes of Maestro with my wife, that uh, Bradley Cooper movie about Leonard Bernstein. I still can't figure out if I find this movie boring or not. I think I do. I think I do. I'm going to finish the film, but I think it might be boring. Uh, that's. Uh, I'll let you know once I finish watching the film. But anyway, I put on the sweater, get ready to leave, and I smell something weird. And now I'm so paranoid because I know of this perpetual state of cat urine that I'm living in now. I hold the sweater up to my nose. Does something smell weird? I think it does. I I can't tell where. All right. You know who's going to know? My wife. She's got a much better sniffer than I do, and she's a cat expert. So a lot of times I'll, I'll, I'm paranoid now because I'm, I think I'm smelling cat urine all over the place. She will come into the room that I think I smell cat urine in and she'll say, no, no cat urine there. It's blah, blah, blah. So I take off my shirt. I hand her the shirt. I said, honey, smell this shirt. Is there cat urine on this shirt? She smells it, gives it a big sniff. She makes a face. I said, ah, there's cat urine. She said, no, there is way too much cologne on this shirt. I don't know what you did to this shirt, but you it's doused in cologne. I said, okay, a little too much cologne I can live with. It'll keep, uh, it'll keep people uh, keeping their distance. And I don't mind the scent. I don't even smell it. I mean, so I guess there's a little cologne from yesterday, a little cologne today. Fine, okay. She said, I said, you're sure there's no cat urine? Definitely not. Great. Okay, put on, the, put on the shirt, leave, drive to work, come here. And I settle in, start working on, um, working on the show, making notes. And I happen to sit in a chair that has Curtis's guardian angel's jacket in it. Now, Curtis lives with 17 cats. And he's also, look, again, Curtis is a very close friend. And today's, by the way, the anniversary of him setting up the guardian angels. Congratulations. Happy anniversary, Curtis. Um, He's not the most attentive when it comes to personal hygiene. And he thinks that this workplace is his closet. So he leaves his jacket on the back of the chair that I'm sitting in. I said to Dominic uh, Carter, I said, hey, is Curtis here? No, haven't seen him. That jacket's been there the whole time. And I smell something again. I said, I smell something. I said, it's got to be Curtis's jacket. It's either sweat or because, you know, he's running around all day long fighting crime, doing his thing, or it's cat urine because he lives at 70 cats. I take the jacket off the chair, throw it, not not throw it, I place it in another room. And then I still smell this cat urine. I still smell it. I'm sniffing all over different parts of my shirt. I can't identify it on any part of my shirt. And then I realize, right before the show, right before the show, I realize that there looks like there's a stain on my pants. Now, it's tough to tell because my pants are very dark navy blue. They're almost black. 
I'm telling you, now I see it. There's cat urine on my pants. The reason my wife did not smell the cat urine on my shirt is because there was no cat urine on my shirt. But unbeknownst to me this whole time, I have been wearing pants that are doused with cat urine. And I will tell you, that is all I have been smelling for the last three and a half hours. I I was terrified when Eileen Fisher was in here, you know, sharing a uh, studio with uh, someone that could smell anything. Uh, poor Noam Layden has no idea what he's in store for next hour. This smells awful, awful. Now, what am I going to do? Not going to do the show without pants. After uh, I've already probably been written up for raiding the refrigerator for food that doesn't belong to me, the last thing I need to do is be written up for uh, doing a show without pants. I'll leave that to the Roger Stones, Dick Morrises, and Anthony Wieners that I, I'm on the radio with. Please, I'm not going to do that. Now, that's where we are. I am wearing pants that have cat urine on them. Maybe during the top of the hour, I got, there's some rubbing alcohol. Maybe I could throw some rubbing alcohol on them. Oh, actually, there's some Lysol disinfectant spray. I'm going to try and spray some Lysol on here and see if this does the, does the job. Let's see. This might work. At least it might mask it for the remaining hour and 15 minutes that I... Okay, so I'm spraying some Lysol. We'll see what that does. All right. So that's where we are. Um, okay, well, now I still smell it. I still smell it. Now I smell Lysol and cat urine. So that's where we are. Okay, uh, we will go through your email correspondence In a moment, if you have, (laughs) now I'm choking on this Lysol disinfectant spray. If you have an email you would like read on the air, uh, just email me, frank.morano at uh, redappleaudionetwork.com. That's frank.morano at redappleaudionetworks.com. It's plural, frank.morano at redappleaudionetworks.com. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. A terrific, terrific song uh, every day, but especially on Valentine's Day. All right. A lot of you are kind enough to write in. Uh, Let's see what's on your mind. Letters. Oh, we get letters. 
those letters. Let's find out what you got to say. Oh boy! Mailman! Mail today! John Alexander! Writes, no, Jean Valjean got five years for what he did, the rest because he tried to run. Yes, 24601, and I am Javert. Do not forget my name. Do not forget me. 24601, look down, look down. Okay, 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 I'll stop. I've been humming that since you made the reference. That's the idea, John. That is the idea. Joe in Ron Conqueror writes, how did you do on your football boxes? I hit a quarter and I hit halftime and I did pretty good this year. Well, that's good. I won uh, 200 bucks. I was horizontal to a winning box. Uh, this was, you know, I used some of the money that I won from my football pool for the season and I bought two $50 boxes. So I spent $100 and I won 200 bucks. So I, I netted $100, which is just fine with me. That was the only bet I placed on the game and uh, it was a winning one. So be it. All right. Um, this is, um, do, 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 do. I'll skip the text messages because we have limited time. Uh, via email, Tom writes, uh, Swazi wins. You and Dominic Carter sounded like two Republican strategists conducting an autopsy on what went wrong and how to prevent it from happening again. Republicans need to get with an early voting and need to field better candidates. Well, they do. Uh, that's certainly not what Democrats or nonpartisan analysts are talking about tonight. They're talking about what the implications of New York 3 are for suburban districts and swing states, for POTUS, as well as for the balance of power in Congress. Um, you didn't sound how you sounded in our email exchange after Swazi's interview on Brian Lehrer when you were agreeing with me about what an outstanding public servant and human being your friend Tom Swazi was. Will the real Frank Morano please stand up? Well, I think Tom Swazi is a fine public servant. I still think he could have lost the election because a lot of people are upset with what Democrats are doing on the border, on crime, and on other issues. I don't think that what I said was uh, in was contradictory at all. Uh, Evelyn writes on the subject of Karamia. Great choice. Lucky the entire song wasn't played. My singing would have awakened everyone in an, in the apartment building. Evelyn from Bayonne. Uh, let's see here. Dennis writes on the subject of Vegemite spread, which I tried for the first time on Friday, oh, excuse me, on Saturday, which I did not like, but I didn't hate. The rest of my family hated it. They couldn't even finish it. I, you know, I could take it or leave it. I would prefer to leave it, but, you know, I was able to eat it. I swallowed it. Hi, Frank. Dennis here. Listen in most nights from Sydney, Australia. Great show. Heard the conversation about Vegemite the other night. I think because most Aussies are fed with the spread from such a young age, you acquire the taste for it early on. That's probably the main reason we consume so much of it as adults. I've been to New York City on a number of occasions and hope to return soon. Regards, Dennis. Dennis, we'd love to have you back. We need more Australians here. Uh, Julia writes on the subject of my brother Alex. If you not up on this. My brother was claiming that he couldn't make the date of my ping pong tournament, April 13th. Julia writes, Hi Frank, the 36 question idea is wonderful. Love it. About your brother, perhaps Alex feels more like a sore loser about his brother, you, having more concern regarding a stranger than him. Thanks for yet another great show, Julia. You know what? Maybe I could have handled it better. I'll be the first to admit that. Fine. Maybe I could have handled that better. But I didn't consult with Tony about when the event was. He asked me when it would be. I picked a date, and I told him so that he could take the day off. It was not like I said, hey, Tony, what day works best for you? Let's schedule it around you. I mean, that's not how it happened. Maybe that's what he thinks. Uh, the wonderful Ellen writes, uh, thank you, Frank. 
as someone who knows absolutely nothing about football, even I would have to say that I found this morning's show, meaning the show after the Super Bowl, very entertaining. And I didn't even watch the Super Bowl. So the bottom line is that even when I don't think I'll be interested, I'm interested. How do you do that? As I've said before, I appreciate you coming up with unique shows, unique guests, and your own inimitable take on all sorts of topics. You know, that's what we were trying to do um, in with that Super Bowl show, was make it a show that was listenable for people that don't care about football. Well, this is interesting. This is lengthy. I'm not sure I can read the whole thing. Um, subject, it's Dave from Dumont. Please read this and get back to me. Dear Frank, I want to write this email to you about some of the things I have said on your on the radio on your radio show about a year and a half ago. A year and a half ago. And also about you saying my last name on the air about 13 months ago. 13 months ago? I don't know what I was saying 13 minutes ago. First off, I have had some good moments on the air with you when I call in. I've been told in the past by people that are smart, they say to me, you're a smart guy. I will note that he misspelled your in that sentence, you're a smart guy. Um... If I recall correctly, you said about me as well in the past on one occasion after we spoke, you said on the air, Dave's a smart guy. But I will tell you, I'm a smart guy who makes some gaffes or says something that I should not be saying on the radio. The one example is I said to you, you know what doctors are? You said what? I said educated guessers. Then I said, you know what trial lawyers are? You said what? I said educated BSers. Then I said, you know what right-wing radio show hosts are? You said what? I said, they're just BSers. I should have not said this whole thing because I insulted a whole bunch of professional people. I said this on your show between 4 and 4.30 a.m. I know some lawyers I know casually, and they know I live in Dumont, recognize my voice. Albert Wunsch is a trial lawyer. He lives in Bergen County and has an office in Englewood Cliffs. He used to be a radio co-host on the Joey Reynolds show. I did call him on the phone at his office and spoke to him at length. I asked him, how do you work till 5 a.m., then go to your office or court by 9 a.m.? He said, I sleep about three hours a night. Okay. Anyway, I spoke to Matt Blaze a few days ago and wanted to offer my sincerest apologies to any doctor or lawyer I have offended. Hey, what about the talk show host you offended? For saying that about doctors and lawyers. I have a case against ShopRite supermarkets and what they did to me at the New Milford, New Jersey store. No lawyer wants to take the case and they give me stupid answers. Matt said, Dave, you said this on the radio a year and a half ago. He went on to say, no one remembers what was said on our radio show three days ago. Think about it, Dave. He said, I I believe that Matt Blaze is wrong, and I feel when you insult a whole group of people like lawyers and doctors on a radio show, they are not going to forget it. I have to tell you, I am so glad I got this email because I now have a whole new appreciation for what a good phone screener Matt Blaze is by not allowing this call on the air. I have no recollection of any of this conversation at all. I mean, not a second of it. And the fact that Dave thinks that anybody cares about this from a year and a half ago is amazing to me. And thank good. I never thought I would say this, but I'm happy to say it on a day that he's not here. Thank goodness for Matt Blaze keeping this call from being on the air. That is a feather in Matt Blaze's cap. Elias, I hope you're taking notes. You could learn a thing or two from him. John from Illinois, listening on uh, KMOX. Frank, my God, this is surreal. I'm listening live. KMOX from the Illinois side of St. Louis. You're interviewing Ty Ventura, your post-Super Bowl analyst, and I can't believe what it reminds me of. 
Have you ever heard of Cheech and Chong's album Los Cochinos from 1973? Your interview literally sounds exactly like their skit track called Les Morpians, Les Morpians, uh, which is a spoof of a talk show interview with Canadian buster Buddy Crabby. Ty's voice, timber, phrasing, and pace of talking is precisely as Cheech and Chong's skit. Of course, being a Minnesotan would be darn similar to a Canadian, but damn, it's like you owe them royalties. Seriously, this sounds exactly like their shtick. At any moment, I'm expecting to hear, eh, eh. If you're not familiar with the album or even less that specific track, please take a few minutes to find it and compare it to how your interview sounds. It's deja vu and completely unreal. I have not gone back and listened to it yet, John, but I will. But I will. Um, Jay writes on the subject of a Super Bowl idea. I was trying to think of something different to do. Hey, Frank, without guests, just callers, discuss what unique Super Bowl snacks or foods you made and enjoyed or critique Super Bowl foods you tried. Two, everyone loves Mr. Sky, but I'd love to hear him debate a, a d- debate a football game instead of talking about the sky. It's a good idea. I'll ask him about it next time he is, you know, the next time he is on the program. We'll talk uh, We'll talk football. All right. Um, that's about it here, although I have some other good things uh, to get to. I'll save those for the next edition of... All right, Lisa, Neil, Larry, I will get to you after the top of the hour. And if you are listening to this program in uh, a market that does not carry all four hours of this program, well, the first thing you need to do is tell your station that they should be carrying all four hours of the program. But then the next thing you need to do is subscribe to the podcast. You can just search The Other Side of Midnight on any podcast app, hit the subscribe button, and you get all four hours of this program downloaded to your phone each and every day. And we give you two ways to listen. You can either listen to the whole show if you want to listen consecutively, or if let's say you're on a, in a market that only carries the first three hours, not the fourth or the middle two, whatever hours, you can pick which hours you didn't hear. There's a description of each hour, and you say, oh, I didn't hear the hour where Frank was uh, doing a 1,000 jumping jacks. Let me go back and listen to that hour. And you can do that. But the most important thing is rate us, subscribe, and tell a friend. Until next hour, keep asking questions.